COVID-19 is disrupting everything, everywhere. Many businesses are struggling to find new ways to deliver goods and services. Others are frantically trying to keep up with steep demand. But what both of these scenarios have in common is data. And that's what Javel's Jason McClellan and Miguel Medina are working on right now. Jason McClellan works as a director of master data management within supply chain. Miguel Medina is the director of data integration and analytics within IT. Together, they're creating a foundation on which to build and scale almost any business, even the ones we haven't thought of yet. I'm Gina Clifford, and this is Tech Ideas People. Here's Jason to start things off. The supply chain organization is so complex these days. Uh, it's uh, one that contains thousands of unique data points and millions of parts and products that drive our systems in order to meet our customers' demand. Uh, I guess uh, when the supply chain is interrupted, like it is in this day, uh, we want to have the confidence and the accuracy of our data. So when you say you have to have accurate data, what's at stake from a, you know an economic perspective if your data isn't good? It could mean uh, liability across the board for, G, uh, for, for our company as a whole. And it could be uh, catastrophic to our business going forward. I mean, something as simple as a binding purchase order at the wrong price or the, the wrong quantity you know, things uh, can be taken to extreme levels uh, if your data is not accurate. Uh, building in wrong lead times leads to potential excess or obsolete liability. So there is an old saying in, in, in IT, it's saying garbage in, garbage out. And that also applies <laughs> in the context of data. So any poor quality is going to create poor outcomes. And the most important thing about the data is not the information, it's the decision that the people are going to be using based on that information. So a law, a law is just uh, as key back then as it is now. Uh, it's even more so in the last five to ten years. I mean, we've got things like machines talking to machines these days. That wasn't uh, wasn't on the, the kind of a radar back 20 years ago. Yeah, this is a really interesting question, Gina. Now we have, you know, bigger volume of data, more complex decisions to make. Uh, marketplace has been increasing complexity. You know, we have new technology elements at our disposal that has changed the landscape in which, uh, you know, we can leverage and use data. What it has changed is the complexity of the marketplace, the complexity of the systems. But we are still trying to get information out of this silo set of systems. The fundamentals are still the same challenges that were 20 years ago. We just got better toys. So Jason and Miguel had to make some tough decisions. Some tools and applications would have to go. Other applications were needed, but who would build them? Here's what they did. What we did as a group and working with Miguel's team is that we, we got together and we understood exactly all the different applications, all the different metrics or the KPIs, but more importantly, are they bringing business value? 
and we managed to strip back all of the things that we believed were not bringing business value or not being used uh, and we really reduced the complexity of what we had on our table so that gave us a nice kind of a starting point to then look at and work with Miguel on the technology side of things. You know, what's new in the market for reporting platforms? What's uh, what's available in-house or does it something we need to go external for? So we did all that analysis few years back and we decided we we're going to head down this path and again working with Miguel's team uh, very very closely uh, we collaborated on the right path for the supply chain group. We did something very similar uh, in IT about four years ago where we began a uh, you know setting the foundations for the fundamental elements from a technology perspective to bring the organization uh, to cover the organization needs into the you know what we were seeing coming from a data analytics perspective, we were doing things that uh, we were a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of setting uh, the right infrastructure, the the new architectures, uh, you know that kind of stuff. So that helps a lot because by the time that we start finding partners like Jason, we were ready to start running, and that was a huge uh, difference for us. So in other words, we 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 start working on the preparation to get ready and engage and start working with with, with the business. But years ago, what, what used to happen is the business would come up with the requirements that would document them to the best of their capability, put it in a document and throw it over the wall to IT to try and decipher and understand that's, that doesn't work anymore, right? Uh, we, that's the reason why uh, we decided to bring IT into the fold uh, from the very beginning. Uh, we as a, a supply chain group have introduced a cross-functional supply chain data excellence group and they provide the leadership and the direction for the supply chain. But within that group, uh, we also have IT. So IT have a seat at the table. Uh, we want to work with them uh, and there should be no surprises on our roadmap. They should know exactly what we're trying to achieve over the coming months, quarters, years. We sat together and consciously made decisions like this is how it should look. This is how it should feel to the end user. You know, it has to follow a standard format. Nobody should de really deviate from that. And coming up with standards and definitions around data uh, allowed us to set uh, a, a kind of a standard for the whole other uh, or set a standard for the rest of the organisation, not just for only for the supply chain group. Jason and Miguel figured out what makes a data alliance successful and valuable. It isn't so much about technology as it is about culture. I just want to point to three points that I believe that had contributed to, to move this relationship to the next level. So the first one is being clarity of roles. Ownership is what I start taking things into a different level. The second element is how the teams are being integrating and really cross-pollinating. So the business is learning more about technical elements. My team is, turning, is learning more about business processes and how the, how the organization is using that information to business decision. And finally, the partnership element that, uh, uh, that I was mentioning, you know, we realize that we have complementary skills before the business just to come and say, hey, I need X, Y, or C. Uh, tell me when you guys are done. And that type of mentality or that type of, of role playing doesn't feed into a data and analytics world. 
it really needs to be a partnership. It needs to be a collaboration. It needs to be an ownership for this thing to move together. We've eradicated a lot of noise uh, that we did not need. Uh, we were establishing that kind of one version of the truth, uh, which is a common statement within the data world. Uh, we're establishing global standards. Uh, this has proved necessary. So this was reducing data disconnects between KPIs, metrics, applications. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than multiple people running uh, multiple reports from multiple applications for the same KPI metric using the same logic and they don't match. <laughs> it, it is ultimately important that we establish those standards, uh, establish those logics and condense uh, the complexity of what we have uh, or what we did have. And this is where we're heading now. And I see it being even more streamlined in the future. Technology is a very important element, but it is culture in the context of data analytics that is where we should be focusing most of our efforts. And there are two particular things, obviously, the culture involves all the all the behaviors that the, an organization is taking about a particular topic, in this case, how they are using data. But the most important thing is we need to make sure that our organization has the right literature about uh, data. So they understand data, they can read data. I like to use this uh, depiction of this is like having access to billions of books. Very few people know how to read, but the culture is not conducive for those people to learn to read. So, you know, it's having all this volume of data. Uh, very few people know how to use it, but the rest of the organization may not see the value. And I think that's the biggest challenge the organizations are facing uh, from their own people. It's the whole culture. So that's probably one of the things that we need to keep evolving and working and reinforcing to start changing that cultural aspect of all these uh, components. Uh, the, other, the other one on top of technology is the processes. As we prepare for a post-COVID-19 world, data will be at the center of it all. But if we don't follow the steps that Miguel and Jason describe next, no tools and technologies will get us there. So if we want to identify value that is coming from decisions that derive from information that is, is being consumed from data, we need to focus our efforts on the most important business processes that are going to align to the strategic initiatives because that is going to be perceived as most valuable. And that is going to support the organization to start making this cultural shift from, you know, gut feeling decisions to data driven decisions. And I think that's going to make a, a, a lot of difference between, you know, whatever we are now and whatever we want to go next. It's now more than ever the time to manage data as an asset. We need to collaborate in order to succeed in these most definitely these challenging times uh, and establishing uh, the teamwork and the communication and trust. The strategy, the, the synergies that exist between the complementary skills of the two groups and really working together uh, to drive change. That is one aspect. Uh, the other one is uh, keep this uh, energy I really call it energy boost uh, coming from the alignment, coming from the, the, the collective leadership. 
between the two groups where uh, identifying a great opportunity, see the strategic value of it, and then go ahead and doing it. One of the things that we have observed, uh, you know, on some of the of the initiatives that we have uh, worked together is that other groups are starting to notice it and then they're coming they're coming back to us and say hey how do you guys did that we want to be part of it and that is great because it's creating uh, an alignment beyond of our original two groups and we are able if you will to create this excitement of uh, with the other groups the more synergy that we create the better because then this is start going to becoming a movement and it's going to start transcending only our groups, but it's all going to start transcending into the culture. We're in the business of creating value. We're not in the business necessarily of delivering a service, which is the old mentality. If we can work together to create value, that is what is going to make a world difference for our groups.